Good afternoon. We are back with the Sean Mo Hoops pod with esteemed guest Michael Weisenberg, who unfortunately we have not had on um, since oh, Mike, early November. We are doing a preseason college basketball preview. Um, I feel we, we definitely got some stuff right. Uh, we were off, certainly off on, on others, but for the most part, it was a pretty good preseason pod. Um, but it has been a while, and now we're here at the Final Four. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Sean. Thanks for having me on again. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about our takes in the preseason, and I, I feel like you nailed a few things, and uh, I did not on quite a few things. Um, the one good thing I do remember is that I, I mentioned Jabari Smith as being a possible top half of lottery guy, and uh, he's he's gone a little beyond that. Um, but yeah, I I think um, your feelings on not really trusting the Big Ten that much and the <laughs> apprehension around Gonzaga really worked out. <laughs> and then uh, my feelings on Oregon at the time, not so much. But uh, yeah, it, it was it's been a crazy season. Just glad to be back on Sean Mo Hoops Pod and talking basketball with you. Yeah, I mean, time time goes by too quickly. Um, I, I think, you know, maybe just spend a few minutes the good the, and the bad of the, the preseason preview. Um, you you know, it's pretty easy for me to be right on the Big Ten. All you have to do is say they're they're not going to do that well in the, the tournament, and you're pretty much right every year. I think um, you know this year once again nine teams uh, and and Unreal. seven of them are out. Uh, however. The two teams we did talk about, uh, one was Michigan, uh, and they actually, you know, struggled a lot during the year, but then they were the ones that got into the Sweet 16. Um, yeah, and second then, weekend team, surprisingly yeah. enough. <laughs> and then uh, Purdue, who I thought was the one Big Ten team that could actually make a run for it. And, I mean, they, I mean, a few things happened differently. They could easily be playing in the Final Four, but instead they got upset by St. Peter's. But they were still, I'd say, the one fun Big Ten team to watch this season uh, throughout. But um, usually it's a pretty safe safe call, uh, not picking the Big Ten to uh, go go too far. Um, you know, Gonzaga was definitely right about early on with a few losses, not fully large, you know, no fault of their own, but more Corey Kispert leaving. And, you know, what a huge hole was from a three-point shooting perspective. And then here they are in the tournament as the, you know, top seed, but they just never looked in the tournament. And, you know, I, I think it, it kind of sucked watching uh, Holmgren get those kind of cheap fouls in the Arkansas game because who knows how, how it would have turned out. But, um, you know, the, the Arkansas definitely was the superior team that day. Um, so, you know, right on that. Texas, I think we had some different opinions on, and, you know, it Indeed. turns out those transfers, uh, you know, they were good, especially for putting a team together at the last minute, but not, you know, kind of the top five, 10 team that people thought Trey Mitchell uh, didn't last, Marcus Carr didn't, you know, it's hard to live up to that height, but he didn't. Um, but yeah, Jabari Smith for you. And then I was fully off on uh, trying to just throw a, prospect out of nowhere um and Tevian Tevian average 14 and and four but just horrible efficiency and percentages so uh was not you know not the best best take but here we are and 
you know, did kind of mention that I thought UNC could be a top 10 to 15 team when we were talking about UNC Oregon and they were not a top 10 to 15 team the whole year. And, uh, but here they are in the final four. So definitely curious your take on, on them in the final four teams, but you know, here it's, it'll be Friday when this comes out and definitely want to, you know, Villanova, Kansas, um, two teams, you know, that I think are not definitely not surprises. Kansas being the lone one seed Villanova being there. Um, you know, it, it, it's definitely a downer with Justin Moore not playing. Uh, but what are your what are what's what are kind of your initial thoughts on on this matchup where right now Kansas is favored by uh, around four and a half points? Yeah, I I think I'd have to go with like I, I'm leaning Kansas. Uh, the Justin Moore thing is just such a heartbreak. He he's uh, you know just had a really solid college career after. I, I had a chance to see Justin Moore when he was a freshman in high school uh, when he came for Leshwag and Tulsa and uh, got to see him at USA Basketball and just, you know, really great shooter. He's their second leading scorer after Colin Gillespie this year. But I I just think Kansas has a, a little more depth. Um, the, you know, strength of the wings of Oshai Abaji and um, uh, Christian Brown. and uh, yeah, I, I, it's just so tough because Villanova plays such a, you know, tight lineup. Like, they don't really have a lot off of the bench. As much as I'd like to see, like, Brian Antoine become the player that I think we all thought he might be when he was um, well like in those settings. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Like, I, when I saw Brian Antoine at, um, in 2018 at USA Basketball, like, he just – you know, glided off the floor and I, I'm guessing the shoulder injuries must have just done a real number on him um, because, yeah, he, he's just played really limited minutes in his time with Villanova and struggled with efficiency as well. Um, but yeah, like Villanova bringing back like Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels, uh, they have Brandon Slater, um, just they have, like have some solid size too. Um, Caleb Daniels, of course, can can get hot as well. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. But I, I just I think even with Justin Moore, like Kansas would probably be my favorite in this matchup. Um, as much as I, I, I'll be honest, and something that I I didn't believe in either of these teams uh, in Villanova or Kansas, and they, they've really surprised me they've done very well here and uh i think you know like that veteran leadership really helping them out uh when it comes to how well they've done in the ncaa tournament yeah i mean i think for villanova they won the big east um every game was a dog fight especially the you know first game against st john's where they had to come back and and fight um and you know i was kind of iffy on them going into the tournament. I did like their tournament draw. And of course, you know, Jay Wright in, in March, you know, over the last uh, six years, there haven't been really anybody, anybody better than um, him in, in this time frame. And the team is their experience. They're smart, um, play defense, hit big shots, spread the floor. But yeah, you know, losing, you know, your, your second best player, one of your top scorers is a killer. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who steps up. I mean, Jermaine Samuels has been absolutely, I think, fantastic, um, you know, this Absolutely. this season and has, 
grown tremendously. Um, you know, Gillespie is Gillespie and you know what he's going to do. And, you know, he's, he's going to run, run the floor. Um, a personal favorite, uh, big E Eric Dixon, uh, oh, yeah. from USA basketball. Sure. He was guarding, um, Isaiah Stewart. And I think that was the first time like Isaiah Stewart just couldn't, couldn't back somebody down. Um, <laughs> and he, he just was stuck like eight feet from the paint, which at the time he, he couldn't really do. Dixon's progress and then Brandon Slater step up because he's been pretty off this tournament but they're in you know a, a huge spark either him or, or Caleb or or Antoine uh to keep up with Kansas who didn't look that great in the first half against Miami but but then they they turned it up both offensively and defensively. you know Remy Martin has been playing at an extremely high level so you had yeah you know, that point guard ability with the wings. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of talent, especially of McCormick kind of hold his own, you know, down low. So they, they usually have the most explosive team, but, you know, once again, you know, it, it's, it's one game and there can be a lot of pressure. So, you know, I think Kansas will get the win. Once again, there are slight favorites behind Duke in the, in, out of these four teams. Um, but, you know, I think it was Charles Barkley who said, even without Justin Moore, but you need to you need to kill them. They're not gonna they're not gonna kill themselves. So, um, you know, it'll mm-hmm. be a interesting game. There, I mean, Villanova's last four final four games, which they won, only one game was close, and that was that UNC game in 2016. But remember, they blew the doors <laughs> off of Oklahoma, and then obviously the year after, uh, where they were just on fire at that point in time. Right. So. You know they have played very well in in March, but obviously a different story. A man, a man down, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I think a, a much different team this year. Uh, as much as I, I agree with what Charles Barkley says, like you know you have to beat them. Um, but yeah, what about like Remy Martin really coming up big? <laughs> a lot of people thinking that transfer didn't really work out, and uh, yeah, he's he's had a, a really great March and. Um, Jalen Wilson also like I, just yeah, I was gonna say I mean, to mention well. Jalen yeah. is um but yeah I mean Remy Martin you know it almost feels like yesterday watching him in the California the SoCal semifinals with uh Marvin Bagley uh Lamelo Ball Bull Bull all those guys were were playing he was on Sierra Canyon um and I think he was preseason Player of the Year in the conference and then. You, you know, just kind of got hurt, wasn't really, you know, scoring in single single digits. Um, and then all of a sudden takes him a little while to get back. And and now he's, you know, <laughs> playing at a at a super high, high confidence level. So it, it has been fun to to watch him. And, you know, if, if he's able to play at a high level, because I think, you know, Harris for, for Kansas wasn't a difference maker at this point in time. And, but now you have, have one and, and you have really four guys that can score at any point in time. And a big guy that, you know, is usually going to out muscle uh, the majority of other fives down there. So yep. I think it'll be fun. I mean, last time final four was in new Orleans, Kansas, um, beat Ohio state. And then, you know, didn't really stand a chance against Kentucky. Um, so I'm sure they're, uh, you know, they'll be looking forward to, to hopefully getting back to the the championship game for, for them. But 
you know, it's, it's kind of crazy looking at, at Bill Self. And I think this is, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think it's fourth, fourth Final Four, which, um, you know, just given Kansas is usually a, <laughs> a high seed, um, you know, a little, little surprising, but. Yeah, I, I'm surprised you had so few. Um, at the same time, you know, since, uh, you know, 2005-ish, this is only Duke's third third Final Four in 16 time frame, except they just happened to go two for two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the ones that <laughs> the they were in. <laughs> yeah, and then um, let, let's also shout out uh, Kansas having, like, super, super seniors, like playing uh, minor bench roles and Mitch Whitefoot <laughs> and uh, Jalen Coleman-Lance, who uh, – mm. I saw at the uh, Nike Global Challenge in Chicago. All right, you were there too, right? In 2014. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. 2014. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of multi-year NBA guys that came out of that game. And Jalen coleman lands still going for that last chip he was in, playing uh, in Kansas. He was playing with um, uh, Spee Cindy. Or, mm-hmm. um, was, and he, was he with... Blackman and Trey Lyle, or was, no, that was Jaquan Lyle. No. Um, but Coleman Land, you know, I think, yeah, I think he was on that team, but yeah, it was, I don't know, it, 24. I know for the global challenge, he was with the Midwest, I would think. And uh, I remember that, that team, year with um, the Jalen, Jalen Brown and um, yeah, yeah Jalen Brown was on yeah. South. Um, yep. And then I believe Jalen Coleman Lands was on a team with Alonzo Trier. And I think that he like made Alonzo Trier seem like he passed the ball, <laughs> which is hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Brunson was on that team too. I think. Yeah, he, he, was, he was on fire uh, in that tournament. In that tournament, yeah, <laughs> he was a lot was, of fun. Yeah, he was hitting. Uh, he was hitting because the games were at Whitney Young, and he was hitting from yeah. from deep. Lincolnshire, yeah. yeah. It'll a blast from the past. Um, yeah, wish that event still happened. <laughs> um, so it seems like you know it'll, it'll be a shock if Villanova is able to, I mean, pull pull the upset. But once again, with with Jay Wright uh, and Gillespie and their super seniors, don't want to over overlook them. Um, yeah. You know, especially what they did to Houston and and how they how they change you know change that game and and definitely made it a lot more of a struggle um for, for, for Houston sure. offensively. Gosh. But uh the one really tough team they beat, yeah. So this the second game, uh UNC Duke. I want to go to you first mm. just to get your your <laughs> non biased uh non biased take. My non biased take. Um I think that's impossible in this case, Sean. <laughs> uh Sean, I, I want you to lead off on this because I, like, how long, have you been waiting for this, like, your entire, like, North Carolina life? Like, this is, this is incredible that this is happening. Uh, I guess, you know, this is um, never. I feel like it was maybe 2005. I'll have to go back and, I mean, I feel there was. I know in the nineties there was opportunities, but I, I know in I think it was one of UNC's championship years where, you know, it, it, 
if things aligned, it looked like they could have met Duke in the final four. I think it was 05, but I'm not fully sure. Um, but usually it's never even gotten that close because you're, you're either on other sides or, you know, no, they're not advancing at the same stage in that same year. I mean, even even this year of UNC having to go through Baylor and then UCLA and what I expected to be Purdue. Um, you know, I think Duke, I thought, should easily get to the Elite Eight. I knew that they'd have trouble with Michigan State and Texas Tech. And, I mean, shoot, <laughs> both teams were up 5-7 to seven in the second half before Duke just got caught on fire offensively. Uh, I did think they'd be able to take care of Gonzaga again, but obviously had an easier matchup in, in Arkansas. Um, so, you know, there, you know, that spreads four or four points, which on a neutral court is, is pretty big. And I think, uh, when, when UNC did, uh, dominate them in the second half, Cameron, uh, for coach K's last game, I was always hesitant to pile on knowing that, you know, he's still somebody's still got to beat him in the tournament and until that does i don't want to <laughs> yeah i don't want to pile on and you know virginia tech beat him in the acc tournament but um you know they're beat both of them in the acc tournament <laughs> well yeah smoked smoked both of them um in the acc tournament but i know duke has obviously been looking forward to playing unc and quote-unquote getting revenge for that game uh there's going to be a tremendous amount of trash talking going on just given what has transpired both on the court and then in social media between the two teams you know after those games and how closely they they know each other uh but you know do do we actually see any possibility of this you know the the picture perfect story for some people of coach you know coach k you know, getting redemption against UNC in the final four for the first time, winning the championship and going at like, you know, you've got uh coach K on the AT&T ads, Grant Hill on the Marriott ads, the two big corporate sponsors. I mean, it's all just, you know, too perfectly scripted, uh, I think for, for anything to, to deviate, but you never know. <laughs> well, didn't, didn't we think that the game at Cameron was going to be like, you know, the kind of like perfect ending to Coach K's career? Like, it was in the ACC uh, tournament, you know, you, you thought like they, they were all coming out for him. I, and yes, they're, they're, they're playing very well at the right time, but so is North Carolina. And um, Brady Manick right now is shooting completely out of his mind. Transfer, um, you know, transfer player of the year. <laughs> oh yeah, it, definitely with his tournament performance. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the the guards have really like you know become a lot more efficient and consistent. I guess at the right time as well. Um, and then Mondo, <laughs> Mondo like has been producing some like ridiculous stat lines. Um, they match up like pretty well. Uh, you know, if Manic is hitting and like, you know, basically like his offense is matching up with, with Paulo's offense, like it's, uh, it'll be, I, I think it, it's, a, it's going to be an interesting game. North Carolina is, I think, going to fight like hell. Um, I like, I think like Duke on paper, they, they have like, five NBA guys that they're starting and then one probably coming off the bench. Um, and, you know, 
Paul has been great and he's been really good in that facilitator role. Mark Williams has been like unbelievable. Um, and, uh, and then like you have Jeremy Roach kind of stepping up at the right time too. So yeah, like it may, it may come down to like which point guard has the better game. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, just hoping that, that Duke doesn't hit the, the shots that they've been making at a really high level lately. Um, because they, they, they've been pretty like hit and miss, like they, they can get pretty streaky. Yeah, I mean, it has a lot of shades to the 2015 team of you have your star freshman and Palo and, and Griffin uh, versus Okafor, Jones, and Winslow. And then you have some guys that were five stars that are still hanging around. And you mentioned Mark William, Williams. And, I mean, that's the key. I mean, like, you know, for for UNC, you basically had him and Dayron Sharp ranked the same, same level uh, or same mm-hmm. number. And... I mean, can you imagine what Dayron would be doing in in college this year? Um, so, I mean, you have a guy that you yeah. know. If Tell me he, what Walker Kessler was doing for Auburn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if if not a little bit more offensively. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you always need a little luck with with who's staying and who's going, and and Duke was able to kind of have that perfect balance of incoming freshmen and returning players. Um, I think you know the, the key things will be you know, can UNC withstand, you know, if there's an opening punch, uh, which they couldn't do the first game. Um, you know, in the second game, UNC got up quickly, but then Duke settled down. They ended up getting up nine, had a few chances to go up 12, which would have been maybe a dagger. And then all of a sudden, Manic hits a three, RJ hits a three, and it's a two-point game at the half. I think, once again, it'll come down to the guards of Caleb Love and RJ Davis. RJ had a fantastic game the first time or the second time around. Uh, and Caleb played very well in the second half as well. And Caleb was fantastic against UCLA in the second half. RJ was fantastic against Baylor. Um, but outside of that game, not as hot, you know, not as hot as it had been during the season. And, you know, we've seen what's happened. It hasn't happened in a while, but when those when the two guards are off it can be you know it can be a nightmare for them um but i think they do have the confidence but it's always easier i think to play somebody after a loss because it's easier to make adjustments which you know duke can do and i think they'll key on on brady manic just because i mean he's been lights out as a shooter uh but he's also somebody where if you fall asleep for a second he's gonna backdoor you and and you know find a spot by the rim so i think also, another matchup is going to be Leaky Black on Griffin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Leaky has definitely improved significantly uh, in the latter half of the year. Um, he hasn't made a three in the month of March. He hasn't taken a lot, but, um, you know, we saw in their loss to Virginia Tech, they're like, you know, we'll let him we'll let him take that. If he hits it, he hits it. And he, he wasn't able to. But if he can, you know, attack and get a few baskets or get some offensive rebounds and you know, I don't think he's going to shut Griffin down like he did the first time, but if he can make him take contested, contested shots, I think, um, you know, that'll be, that'll be huge, but, you know, foul trouble for both teams, Duke's, Duke's a little deeper, but UNC has got to have, uh, you know, Armando out on the court for the majority of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That Duke size, uh, 
really tough. But yeah, like if Duke does get into foul trouble too, like they, they really don't have a ton of depth. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're Kansas though, you got to be, you know, you're getting a Villanova team that just lost their one of the, you know, one of their top players. And then you're Pretty getting much a playing U- six also like even before then. What's that? They were pretty much playing six even before then. Like, yeah, yeah they had a really yeah. tight rotation. And then you're getting a UNC Duke team off of a UNC Duke, <laughs> uh, you know, semifinal game, which, you know, even after Duke dominated uh, UNC the first time, they, they ended up several days later losing to Virginia at home. So, you know, whatever team wins, they're going to have to quickly turn that around. Um, but, you know, uh, right now I, I would go Kansas and Duke in the championship game. I think, uh, you know, UNC dominated Duke towards the end, but I think that was also turned into a lot of Palo going one-on-one and he was just missing shots. I think they're going to play more as a team. And I think, you know, it'll, it'll be an uphill uphill battle for UNC, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I'm going the same. Um, yeah, it's... it's... I, I personally think like, you know, usually the the great journey is the imperfect journey. So I, I I would think that Coach K losing to North Carolina in the Final Four would be like very much poetic justice. <laughs> but um but at the same time, I yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking Duke, Kansas. Duke was so my bracket was pretty much obliterated. I would say like most of people. Um, but Duke was my like second favorite team to win the tournament after Gonzaga. Uh, I went away from UCLA. I did choose UCLA for the final four, but of course that was a terrible choice also. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that Duke and Kansas is that that'll be a a great national championship. I'm just hoping for chaos though. That, That would be my, my ultimate hope. And uh, I think that's yeah, I mean, I, I can't just UNC one would be fun. I mean, in terms of how UNC has been playing between Marquette, I mean, really, I mean, Marquette, Baylor, minus the, the letdown once ever, you know, Manic got ejected and UCLA and even how they crushed St. Peter's from the beginning. I mean, they've been playing, they've been an eight seed, you know, they're a, they're a two seed talent uh, disguised as an eight seed. Um, yeah. So you know, and they've put it together and, you know, it's been fun to, to watch the improvement over the year, uh, especially kind of, you know, where they started and where they were, um, you know, after, you know, in, in mid January. Um, but it'll certainly be entertaining. Uh, it's been an entertaining, uh, you know, tournament, um, and, and hopefully some good games on, on Saturday. Um, but, you know, right now we've talked about Palo and Jabari and, some of the top freshmen and kind of switching, switching gears. Even though the game, the McDonald's all American game is over. I still strongly urge anybody to go read what you, as kind of just an overview on the players in that game. Um, Cause I think it was pretty as familiar with them as, as some, but uh, tell me a little bit about, the article and then some takeaways from that McDonald's all American game that happened earlier this week. Yeah. So the article for perspective insight, uh, I wrote it just kind of giving an outline of how the McDonald's all Americans got to that point. Uh, 
and um, has a lot of information just even beyond that. Like uh, I, I know a lot of people like to go back and look at AU teams and everything like that. I, I mentioned all of that stuff too. Um, and then uh, what to look for moving forward. So I, I made this as like a McDonald's All-American preview, but really it's like kind of a thing that you can look at like up until they play their first college game. Um and just kind of give a, an idea of, of maybe what to look for when you're scouting these players moving forward. Um, and then the actual game itself, um, it, I thought, that, so it was East versus West, and the West had a ton of players I thought were super talented and kind of moving up the rankings, and they got waxed. Like, East came out to play, and... For a game that, like, you know, defense is kind of optional, I thought the East played some great defense. And, like, you know, the West was kind of – or the the East was kind of going down and scoring, and then the West would come down and, like, they usually had a hand in their face or, or, or something going on. So, yeah, it, it was uh, – I, I would say, like, not the typical All-Star game. Um, and Derek Whitehead won MVP. He had – 13 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Uh, he's going to Duke. He's super talented. A person that immediately stood out um, in 2018 when uh, I was at USA Basketball. Just athletic, um, can handle the ball. Really, really good defender. Has worked a lot on a shot. Um, one of the other players that really stood out on the East was uh, somebody who's going to be in the hoop summit as well, as with Dariq, um, Cam Whitmore. He is spectacularly athletic. He's going to Villanova. Um, he had a block that was like, I, I think number one play on like Sports Center, like top ten. Like it, it was fantastic. He had nineteen points on the game as well. Um, another few guys like Der- Derek Lively was shouted out all week as being, you know, possibly the number one player out of that group of, of players in the McDonald's game. Um, the 2023 draft is going to feature a couple guys outside of that group who have a chance to go one and two in uh, Victor Wembanyama from uh, playing at Asheville in France, and then um, Scoot Henderson playing with G League Ignite. Uh, also, Amen and Osar Thompson um, in Overtime Elite are a couple guys who certainly have a chance to go pretty high. Um, Kyle Filipowski is somebody I'm really looking forward to in uh, the Hoop Summit, but he wasn't able to play in McDonald's All-American because he's a fifth year. Um, And then beyond that, like uh, somebody that's getting a lot of NBA buzz on the West team was Nick Smith Jr. And Mm -hmm. he was 4 of 15 on the game, kind of struggled, but showed a lot of flashes. Um, Keontae George, who's going to Baylor, is somebody that can score in bunches. And... um, then uh, his high school teammate, Jarris Walker, um, looked really good, too. He played on the East, and um, he's just, like, six foot seven, 235 pounds, like, ready to go right away. I think he's been, like, 235 since, like, the 10th grade. Um, just yep. completely, like, pro-ready body. Um, but, yeah, it was a really good game and uh, just a, a great preview uh, on a few guys for the Nike Hoop Summit, which is coming to Portland next week. And I know that's that's your favorite favorite tournament. Um, you're you're usually there all week. I know it's mostly the international guys that you get access to, uh, minus you know kind of a few 
U.S. scrimmages and then kind of the main one, which is usually that Thursday night where all the NBA scouts are allowed to go. Mm -hmm. But what, uh, you know, what are kind of the top three things you're looking forward to next week for the Hoop Summit? I am. So the world team is going to have quite a few guys who um, have potential to play in two games. The Modest Buzelis, um, who is actually playing at the USA camp, uh, they're having at yep. the Final Four, and uh, but he's of Lithuanian descent. Um, Mackenzie Mbako, uh, mm-hmm. um, and London Johnson out of Georgia. Um, I think even like Ty- well, yeah, Tyrese Proctor is uh, somebody who's not draft eligible. Um, and yeah, so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how those guys match up against a USA team. That's just completely enormous. And like I, the positional size in the high school class of 2022 is something that's blown me away since like I saw them for the first time. Like you, you just knew that these guys were going to eventually become like really grown men and they, they all have, um, then something else I'm really looking forward to. I know that, so they're going to have a scrimmage against the, the Portland generals as per usual, um, which is a team of. Show up, Matt. Uh, excuse me. Who are you expecting to show up for, for that? Oh, I remember last time. Steve there, Blake came no, 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 no. I, I think we're beyond the Steve Blake time. Uh, he doesn't live in Portland anymore. Um, I know Jackson Shellstad who's committed to Oregon in 2023 is going to show up. I'm sure they're going to have some other cool players. There are some that I can't even announce right now, and I'm not completely sure they're coming, but they're they're going to get some guys. Let's talk about in 2019, they had uh, Paulo Bancaro, uh, Marjan Beauchamp, who's uh, likely like, you know, first round pick this year playing for G League Ignite. Um, Tari Eason, who's a possible lottery pick. Uh, Anton Watson, um, yeah, that was just a, a stacked team back then. Um, yeah. And then the year before that was Kevin Porter Jr., where he looked better than pretty much everybody on Team USA. Um, yeah, so Portland Generals, are, like, just fun among themselves. I'm kind of hoping to see um, a little bit more of Derek Lively versus Kel Ware because mm. I think those guys are – just very fascinating. Um, it will be really cool to see kind of lively shooting a little bit more and like that up person, that in person, like seeing him kind of, uh, you know, maybe showing more of that uh, offensive game that I think a lot of people are banking on for him to become this top prospect. Not that he isn't very athletic and, you know, moves very well and a great rim protector and, uh, lob finisher and rim runner, but yeah, I'm, I'm see, trying to see a little bit more of that and seeing how where kind of like I, I feel like they're kind of neck and neck at this point. So yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that matchup and then the wings in the game just in general are, are going to be uh, you know something to watch and uh, yeah, and then USA when USA plays the Generals like. There's only like one year where I really remember them scrimmaging, and I think that was 2016 mm-hmm. on when like they were just so good that the generals didn't really give them much of a matchup, and then they actually kind of played against each other. Um, that is going to be 
very exciting if that happens. And I, I feel like this is a group where it possibly could because they um, I, I just think the size and the skill level, like the, the shooting, while they didn't shoot free throws well, I thought the outside shooting was like pretty advanced for high school guys. So yeah, I'm just really looking forward to that. And then uh, another guy to really keep an eye on is uh, Jan Montero, who um, mm. is yep. going to be draft eligible. So yeah, seeing just how high his stock can get and uh, how he looks going against the the size of a, a Team USA and the size he'll be facing in practice because the world team is a pretty big team as well. Yeah. Well, I, well, I know this is, as I mentioned, uh, really your favorite event of the year and I'm just hoping that it turns out better than the 2018 year for you. Cause I still remember you coming on afterwards, uh, doing a review and, and just how, how sad that week, uh, that week was with the, the team performance. So, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be dialed in and it'll be a fun one, but it definitely sounds like it has the makings to do, uh, to be just that. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to it. This is where you and I met, Sean. Um, was it, 2000 i guess it was 2015 right or was it 16 probably 15 no it must have been my first yeah i I had one yeah yeah so yeah that that's where i finally met you and uh my life's been better since man so yeah Um, well, speaking of uh, a better life, uh, there's good news for your Oregon Ducks today, yes, yes. Tell me a little bit about that and how that'll impact uh, the Ducks as they look to get back to their uh, tournament ways. Yeah, certainly hoping so. Oregon landed um, a huge recruiting get today in Marquise Mookie Cook. Uh, he played his first couple years of high school at uh, Jefferson High School in Portland, and he is now in Arizona Compass Prep, uh, just finishing up his year there. He's ranked, tends to be in the, you know, five to 10 range in the class of 2023. There are some chances that he'll reclassify, but right now it looks like he's, he's sticking to 2023. Um, His sister went to University of Oregon and I just think Mookie kind of liked that situation, um, kind of likes what they're building there. And then uh, I I think he, he's looking forward to playing with Jackson Shellstad who um, plays for Westland uh, here in Oregon. And uh, they play together on Oakland Soldiers. And uh, I think, you know, those guys are the the building blocks for what can be a huge thing in Oregon. Um, Mookie is like, has potential as a shooter. He's a great athlete. He's about six foot seven, moves really well, um, has a lot of defensive potential and can, it's very versatile on that end of the floor. Um, you'd like to see him maybe be a bit more aggressive. And he's, I think, kind of ironing, ironing out uh, some of his offensive skills at this point. But th- there are times where he looked like AZ Compass Prep's best player this year. And that was a team full of talent. Um, and just a guy who could possibly be a wing and maybe even at times move to the four and take huge advantage there. Um, it's, I think, going to be great as soon as he gets to University of Oregon. And uh, this is one of, like, as far as, like, a local recruits, like, 
getting these two guys who were like from the the Oregon area um, to stay in state and, and play for the Ducks is just going to be absolutely enormous. Yeah, I mean that probably uh, dub landing him or, or perhaps uh, Arizona, uh, but obviously no. Oregon over the over the last you know what five to ten ten years has uh, been doing damage on the recruiting front and and on so uh yeah. you know i know there was some high expectations this year that didn't didn't work out but it's, yeah. it's uh oregon's usually been carrying the pac 12 of you know as of late so i think next year and then the year after with the talent coming in will certainly uh bode well i think we're headed towards an upward trajectory and uh yeah not the best year for for the ducks but um I definitely think with landing Mookie Cook and uh, bringing in Jackson Shellstad in 2023, things are looking very much up, as in uh, having Kel Elwer and uh, hopefully Dior Johnson um, coming in next year. And uh, we're hoping that the, the going to have to hit the transfer portal as well, I'm guessing. And uh, we'll see if maybe the pieces fit together a little bit better this next time. Yeah. Well, um, you know, obviously some, some good news and thanks for coming on again. It's, you know, I feel in the past, it was every other week, uh, here it was, you know, twice, twice during the season, once, once before the first, first weekend where we were actually talking about two of the four teams with, uh, uh, what was it Duke playing Kentucky and Kansas playing Michigan state in the champions classic. And now here we are talking about, uh, Duke Carolina and Kansas Villanova in a true blue blood final four down in, uh, new Orleans. Um, so, you know, hopefully the, uh, you know, light shade of blue will, will win the second game, but, uh, obviously there's Kansas and Duke are the heavy, uh, favorites, uh, in both of those, those matchups. So thanks for coming on. Um, have a great time at the hoop summit next week and looking forward to recapping that with you. And then where can people find that, uh, re or, recap or review of the mcdonald's all-american players but also kind of a resource for the upcoming freshmen for next year yeah you can follow me at nba draft my tv you can follow perspective insight at underscore pro insight and go to perspectiveinsight.com pi pulse and you will see my mcdonald's article there and some other fantastic content we have a lot of um interviews with top upcoming prospects as well. We have tons of those linked in the article because we've talked to a majority of the McDonald's All-Americans at this point. Um, So yeah, if you just want some really great scouting content or basketball content in general, perspective insight. And, you know, I'm always here. uh, If you want to do a podcast, Sean, and I'm always just happy to talk to you about basketball. So thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, That wraps up another edition of the Sean Mo Hoops podcast, the Final Four edition, and looking forward to talking soon. Thanks.